Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, bienvenidos al episodio 111. Welcome to episode 111 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this episode, I'll be answering a question that came in from one of our listeners. A few weeks ago, I received this message from Kristen, and I decided to answer her question on the podcast because I think it's something that can help a lot of people right now, especially if you've been spending more time indoors, more time with the members of your household. I think her question uh, can be really helpful to uh, more of our listeners, so I decided to answer it here on the show. So here's Kristen's question. She says, I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I've been listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I was wondering, however, how my family and I, hubby and two daughters, ages six and two, can all learn Spanish together. So this is a great question, because oftentimes we find ourselves pursuing our individual goals And we need the support of those around us, of our family, right? But it can be difficult if maybe they're not learning Spanish at the same level as we are, or if we have a desire, especially to pass on uh, our uh, Spanish ability to our children, right? It can be difficult to really figure out how to do that. So I'm going to talk about some ways that you can incorporate learning Spanish into your family life. So it's not just something that you're doing all by yourself. Now, before we get started, I have to let you know, because I will be mentioning a lot of different resources 
in this episode, but don't worry about sitting and trying to copy them all down. <laughs> I actually have created a page on our website so you can access all of these resources and I'll have links to everything and some pictures as well so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash family. Learnspanishconsalsa.com slash family and you'll be able to find all the resources that I talk about in today's episode. All right, so let's get started with my first tip. I know that you probably, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a desire to learn Spanish, uh, hopefully you've set your own goals for reaching fluency, right? And we started out uh, this year with a goal setting series where we actually broke down how to set your goals for different skill sets, for different areas, achievement goals versus knowledge goals and all of that. We've already sort of been through that on the show. But there's also this element of bringing your family together uh, to be exposed to and to learn the language. Now, every member of the family will probably have different levels of interest and ability with the language. So even though you have your own individual goals, it's also a good idea to set a family goal. Your individual goals will be personalized to you and what you want to learn, and maybe you have a specific uh, outcome that you're looking for. You'll want your family goals to be a little bit more flexible, and you want to focus it on things that you can do together as a family. So these goals might be a little bit less intense than your, uh, your personal goals, but they're going to be things that you can do all together as a family. So it could be something as simple as, we will have a conversation in Spanish during breakfast on Sundays, right? So that's uh, specific enough that you know when it's going to happen, exactly what you're going to do. But it also doesn't really lock you into, you know, learning a specific topic. Uh, it's just more of having a conversation uh, during breakfast. So it gives you a little bit more flexibility so that you can incorporate all members of your family. Uh, and I think that's important for family goals because, again, you may be dealing with different levels of proficiency, so it can be difficult to set a goal that's too specific. But you do want it to have a little bit of structure around it so that it's something that you can do together. Uh, another option, you could you could choose to maybe watch a show together in Spanish. Uh, but this is something that you can all do together, and depending on your level of proficiency, um, you know, you'll all get different things out of it. And also, you can use certain things to help, like you can use the subtitles or captions uh, if you want to make it accessible to someone in the family who may just be starting out. Uh, and now, again, also depending on the age, right? You mentioned, uh, Kristen, that you have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. So we'll talk about some ways to incorporate the children into learning as well. But I think watching the show together, again, something that's family-friendly can definitely be an activity that everyone in the family can enjoy. Uh, and another thing you could do is just choose to have a family game night in Spanish. So maybe you can set a goal that every Saturday night we'll have a family game night in Spanish. And there are so many different fun games that you can play. And I'll give you uh, a list of those um, coming up in a second. But I just wanted you to get the idea of setting a family goal. Something that you can do together as a family that will have you using the Spanish language and exposed to the Spanish language, and it's something you can all do together. So I would focus on that for uh, your Spanish family goals. And, you know, you can decide on what you want that to be. It might be that you all decide to plan an outing 
uh, to a restaurant, you know, in the future and say, okay, we're all going to order our favorite food at this Mexican restaurant or at this Peruvian restaurant and kind of go through that exercise and practice uh, on your own at home. And then when you all go to the restaurant, you can all uh, be prepared to order your food in Spanish. So that's something else you can do. Again, think about activities you can all do together, something that's not going to be too difficult uh, for those in your family who are at a, more of a beginner level. And even if you're at a beginner level, right, these are all things that you can focus on and grow together in your skill uh, of speaking Spanish. So first thing is to set a family goal. The second thing you can do is just make your household uh, Spanish friendly, so to speak. And one way you could do that is by just playing music uh, in the house and listening to music in Spanish. Now, obviously, this is Learn Spanish Con Salsa, so you know I love salsa music, also other music from the Caribbean, but you can pick whatever type of music you like um, and just have it on while you're, you know, preparing meals, while you're doing things together as a family, and just sort of having that ambiance of, of hearing the language in the household is really something that can start to set that environment uh, to be friendly to the language. Now, for your two-year-olds, uh, I would also recommend finding some children's songs and nursery rhymes in Spanish. I know when, you know, years ago, when my son was a baby, there's a CD that I actually bought, so I'm kind of dating myself because I guess everyone uses, like, MP3 files now. <laughs> but I had a CD, and it actually had the lyrics uh, in the CD cover in the little booklet, but it was all nursery rhymes that are used by, uh, you know, Spanish-speaking children. It wasn't something designed necessarily uh, for language learners, but they were just all different nursery rhymes, and I used to play those in the car on the way to preschool and things like that. So I would recommend finding some children's songs and again, just playing those for the two-year-olds and having those on during playtime uh, in different parts of the day, maybe during meals, to play some of those nursery rhymes. Now, this is also good for you and your husband. So as parents, you will start to hear some of these songs and you'll start to sing along and you'll learn some vocabulary as well. Now, some of it obviously would be, you know, nursery rhyme vocabulary <laughs> that won't be too super helpful, but it will definitely help you with your pronunciation because you'll start to get used to the sounds of Spanish as you're singing along with your two-year-old. So that's something you can definitely do. And also there will be some vocabulary in there that is useful. So just kind of use this as an exercise to get your two-year-old involved. Your six-year-old might also listen, um, probably not be as interested in nursery rhymes as a two-year-old, but it's just a way to, again, get that exposure for everyone in the family. And it's something that you can all do together. Now, I will say the most basic uh, song to start with is the alphabet song. Okay, so that will definitely be appropriate for your two-year-old and for your six-year-old. And it will also help you and your husband as parents to really get your pronunciation right. Because I always recommend that you start with getting the sounds of Spanish correct from the beginning. And listening to the alphabet song is something you can all do as a family. And you all need to learn the Spanish alphabet and really focus on getting those sounds correct. So just kind of make playing music in Spanish a part of your daily routines. Now, the third thing I recommend is to read together in Spanish. Now, for your six-year-old, and as your children start to get older, you can get the Spanish version of books that your children already have read in English. 
And this could also apply to you and your husband. So as parents, even if you have a favorite book that you've read in English, I would encourage you to find the Spanish version of that book. And that'll be something that you already kind of have an idea of what's happening. So you won't be trying to figure that out as much. And you'll be learning more vocabulary because you already have context because you know the story. So finding those Spanish versions of books that you already uh, know in English and just have a time where maybe the whole family just sort of reads together. Now you can all be reading your own individual books in Spanish, but sort of have that reading time set. I know for uh, for my son right now, he's actually reading a Diary of a Wimpy Kid in Spanish because he really liked the English version. So he has the whole series in English and in Spanish it's called Diario de Greg. So he's been, he's been reading uh, those as well. Uh, so I think that that's a great way as your children get older and they develop uh, an affinity for different types of books that you can find those in Spanish. Now, another great way to, to implement this is to really get the audio version of the books as well. So if you get the audio book and you're reading along, you really start to understand how, uh, again, the pronunciation of the words, the intonation and listening to a native speaker. So I definitely recommend uh, the audiobook if you can if you can find it. A lot of things are available. And again, I'll include a link in the show notes page, uh, learnspanishconsalsa.com slash family. Uh, and I'll give you a link so that you can find some resources so you can match up sort of the audiobook with the written book. But I still recommend getting the hard copy, right? You can do ebooks as well, but you know, having that physical book I think is good, especially uh, for your children as well. Now, another way you can incorporate reading uh, into your family activities is to read bedtime stories in Spanish. So hopefully you're already reading to your children at night and that's part of your evening routine. Uh, and there are several bilingual children's books for bedtime. Uh, and again, I'll include a link to some that I know, but you can search as well online uh, and find some resources for some bilingual children's books. Now, the reason why I say bilingual books and not just the, the books that are only in Spanish is because depending on your level, you might not be able to follow along with a book that's 100% in Spanish. So if you're also a learner, I think the bilingual uh, readers are really good because you don't have to sit there as a parent and go, oh, babe, I don't know what that means <laughs> as you're reading the book. You can just kind of look over at the translation and you can learn together. So, you know, again, it's a learning process for the both of you. Um, I also like uh, there's a series of bilingual books uh, for bedtime that also come with the audiobook. So again, I'll include a link to that in the show notes um, as well. But I think those are all some great ways that you can incorporate Spanish uh, language into uh, reading time for the whole family and increase everyone's exposure. Now, the fourth thing I recommend is to play games. So I mentioned that at the beginning, if you're going to say, look, our family goal is that on Saturdays, we're going to have game night and maybe you play games for a half an hour or so in Spanish, um, because, you know, maybe you don't want to do the whole game night in Spanish it might be too much <laughs> for your family. But this is definitely something that you all can do together. Uh, and again, probably more for your six-year-old. For the two-year-old, it might be harder for them to be as engaged in a game uh, like this. But it's something they can still sort of be around and sort of hear the family having these conversations in Spanish. Uh, the first game I recommend is a game called Table Topics. And this is really just a, a card deck. It's like flashcards of questions that you can ask to really get a conversation going. So table topics they have just for adults and they have it in English, 
but there's also a bilingual version of Table Topics where they have the questions in both English and Spanish, and they have one specifically for families. So some of the questions are like, ¿Qué tipo de videojuego te gusta? Like, what type of video game do you like? So, you know, so some, some of the questions are actually child-friendly. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking that out. Again, I have a link to that on the show notes page, LearnSpanishConsalsa.com slash family. Um, but it's a great way to sort of get conversation going. This could be something you do during mealtime. So during dinner or lunchtime, you can just take out a few cards and have a quick conversation in Spanish. Another game that you can play that you're probably familiar with is Scrabble. And there is a Spanish version of Scrabble. So this is a great way to kind of build your vocabulary. Um, you can probably play with the dictionary out if you want to um, to make it a more of a learning opportunity and not a strict uh, Scrabble game. But it's a great way to sort of get your brains thinking about new vocabulary and how you can use it uh, when you're playing Scrabble. Uh, another game very similar to Scrabble is called Bananagrams. Uh, and Bananagrams, again, they have a version in Spanish. Uh, it's very similar to Scrabble, but instead of putting the tiles on a board, you can sort of make your own board, right? Everyone in the game sort of has their own section, and they make as many words as they can. Uh, and then, you know, there's some other steps to it as well. But just the basic idea is very similar to Scrabble, but it's more like individual um, coming up with words. And you can change the words around. So it's a little bit more flexible than Scrabble. So it might be something uh, good to try with, uh, with your six-year-old. Scrabble might be a little bit more appropriate as they get older. There's also Monopoly in Spanish. So you kind of get the idea. You can look for any game that your family really loves and look for the Spanish version. But there is a Monopoly in Spanish, and I would recommend Monopoly Junior in Espanol. So your children are going to be learning how to count, you know, in, in Spanish. They'll be learning how to deal with money. Uh, and you can get the junior version so it's not as, you know, intimidating, right, as <laughs> playing a full Monopoly game. So those are just some examples of some games you can play um, around the house. And that's something you can do as a family game night. The fifth thing I recommend is that you can turn mealtime into Spanish time, right? And not just sort of as you're eating your meals, but you can actually find a recipe online uh, in Spanish and you can make it together as a family. And this is something really almost everyone can help out with. Even your six-year-old, even if you don't, you don't want to have them over the stove, they can help you measure things. They can help you read the recipe and find things. So this is a way to increase your exposure to the language um, and your vocabulary as well. Uh, you also might find maybe a cooking show or a video on YouTube that's in Spanish that you can watch together and follow along so that you can pause it and kind of follow along with the directions, uh, which is really good because you're watching someone else do something in Spanish and you're following those uh, directions, but you have all of these visual cues so you won't really get too lost. Um, and on some videos, you can also turn on uh, the subtitles there and the captions as well if you need help with getting the translation. So that's something you can do together as a family. Make a meal. It can be your favorite meal, so you already kind of know what the ingredients are, or can, you can try out a new recipe, maybe a dish from a Spanish-speaking country. Um, I know one site that I like is Cocina Dominicana, which has uh, bilingual versions of all of their recipes, so they have them in Spanish and English. Some of the recipes also come with videos, um, and you can really sort of follow along there. And again, since it's already uh, bilingual, you'll have the translation, and you won't have to worry about getting the wrong thing from the store. So I really like Cocina Dominicana, but you can look for any type of food uh, that you like and just kind of follow along and cook it together in Spanish. My last tip is really just to keep it light and have fun. 
when you're together as a family, you don't want to turn it into study time necessarily, right? You want it to be a fun way to expose your children uh, to the language and things that you can do together. Uh, and because it's family time, you know, I really think that it's important that it's something that you enjoy doing. So keep it fun, keep it light. Uh, there's one thing that you can do around the house, and this is actually a challenge we had in our Spanish called Salsa Fluency Club uh, within our membership a few months ago, is we actually had this challenge called the Post-it Palace. And what that is, is you just sort of take some post-it notes and you write the names of some objects that are in your house, right? You just maybe select a room like the kitchen, uh, your office, the bedroom, whatever it is. And you write about maybe five to 10 different words uh, that you don't know, right? And you paste it on that object so that you can now associate it with what that is. So for example, let's say you don't know the word for stove and you're in your kitchen. You go, okay, let me look that up. Okay, estufa. And you write it on a post-it note and you put it on the stove. Uh, and then you look up microwave and you say, okay, microondas. And you put microondas on a post-it and you put that on your microwave. And you have that around the house. And that makes it a way that you can remind yourself of like what this vocabulary is and there are things within the household. So there are definitely things you'll see every day and maybe things that you'll use every day. Uh, and a fun game you can play with that, like everyone in the house can sort of select five things that they don't know the names of, right, and look it up. And you can just sort of ask the question around the house, ¿Qué es eso? Like, what is this? ¿Qué es eso? And you can just pick up random objects. <laughs> and it's a great way to really build your vocabulary and try to make it a little bit fun too uh, and get the kids involved. And it could just be something that you do. So you can pick up a cup and say, ¿Qué es eso? Eso es una taza. And uh, you can also modify this for different levels. So if someone is a little bit more advanced, you can ask them to give you more details, right? Okay, it's a red cup, right? Es una taza roja. So just, just kind of use it to adapt as you guys grow in your ability to use the language. Um, and you can play a game like that that's really simple. Um, and again, the idea is just to keep it light. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, so just to recap, the first suggestion I have is to set family Spanish goals that are different from your individual goals. Uh, the second is to create an ambiance or an environment where you hear Spanish around the house. So listening to music uh, can be a great way to do that. Next, you can read together and listen to audiobooks as well uh, and have bedtime uh, in Spanish and use bilingual books to do that with your kids. You can play games as a family in Spanish. Uh, you can try making a recipe together, and this is something you can do husband and wife or, or with the kids as well, either either way, but it's definitely something you can do together as a family. Um, and you can play the game Que es eso? around the house. And again, just keep it fun, keep it light, enjoy each other as a family, and enjoy your exposure to the language. So I hope you found that helpful. Again, for links to everything I mentioned on this episode, including every single game, because uh, it could be a little difficult to find some of these uh, to find the right version. So I do have links uh, to the games that I mentioned, the table topics, uh, the Spanish Scrabble, Monopoly Junior, all of that on the website at learnspanishconsalsa.com slash family. So that's it for this episode of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I hope that something you heard today has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.